Hi, I'm Kobe Greer. Welcome to the Resilience Podcast. For young children, accidentally encountering pornography can be confusing, distressing and harmful. According to WA Child Safety Services, a not-for-profit provider of children of child safety education, the average age of first exposure to pornography is being reported at between eight and nine years of age in Australia. To talk more about children's accessibility to online pornography, as well as the impacts on their development, I welcome Kayleen Kerr, founder of eSafe Kids. Welcome. Thank you. Kayleen is recognised as one of Western Australia's most experienced specialist providers of protective behaviours, body safety, cyber safety, digital wellness and pornography education workshops. Kayleen is passionate about the prevention of child abuse, sexual exploitation and sexual violence, drawing on over 24 years of experience of study and law enforcement, investigating sexual crimes, including technology-facilitated crimes. Kayleen has developed and delivers engaging and sought-after prevention education workshops to educate, equip and empower children, young people and vulnerable adults. Kayleen believes protecting children from harm is a shared responsibility and she aims to support and inspire the trusted adults in children's lives to talk about challenging topics. Kayleen has presented to international audiences and has delivered keynote addresses and workshops at education, child protection, health, law enforcement and community services conferences. Kayleen has also presented to many primary and secondary school students, government and non-government departments and service providers. So welcome, Kayleen. Thank you wow. for the invitation. Yes, absolutely. It's a crucial topic. So to start this, um, to start this challenging conversation, um, could you tell us more about yourself and the work you do? Yeah, so um, I guess when I, I left school, I went off to university and I studied a degree that was a combination of law, psychology and criminology. I was always really fascinated by why people do what they do. Now, that was 25 years ago. And had you asked me at that time or told me at that time that fast forward into the future, I'd be talking with children and young people and trusted adults about pornography. Um, it was not something that had even entered my mind. Although back then, and this is the mid-1990s, um, the internet was relatively new um, and the mainstream use of the internet um, was quite new. There was pornography online at that time. There was also child sexual abuse material and I did study that whilst I was at university. So my journey in this space actually started a long time ago. Um, I then joined WA Police and I stayed with the police for just over 20 or just about 21 years. Um, and I also worked in the not-for-profit sector for seven years as well. Um, in my police role, I was a 
most of the time I worked as a detective um, and investigated many cases of sexual assault and sexual violence, child sexual abuse and exploitation, both um, in the real world but also in online environments. And that really started to fuel a passion for prevention and proactive prevention education, um, educating and equipping and empowering our children so they can have safe and positive experiences both online and offline. But also importantly, um, as you said, these are challenging topics, they're tricky topics, uncomfortable topics for trusted adults to talk with children about. So a really important part, really, really important part of my work is supporting and inspiring the trusted adults in children's lives to tackle these conversations that we perhaps never imagined we'd have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, how common is it for children to access pornography? Yeah, it's becoming increasingly common. It's not a matter of if children will see pornography anymore, it's when and the when is getting younger and younger. So in Australia, it's being reported that the average age of first exposure to pornography is primary school. So somewhere between um, nine and 10 years of age, sometimes I hear it um, as low as five years and sometimes it's eight years of age, but certainly primary school age. Uh, so it's no longer a matter of children once they're in high school, um, seeing, being sent, being shown or hearing about pornography. It's, it's primary school age kids. A recent New Zealand study found that one in four young people first saw pornography before the age of 12. And importantly, 71% of those uh, children did not seek out the pornography the first time that they saw it. The pornography found them. So our children can be using the internet in all of the amazing ways um, that they can. Uh, and if the longer the children are online, the, the higher the chance that they're going to encounter content um, that is hurtful, that is harmful, that is age inappropriate, and in some cases, illegal. Oh, gosh, it's, it's really disturbing. It is, it, it is. It's really challenging to think about. We're talking about um, prepubescent children, primary school age children. Um, but what we have to remember as the trusted adults in our children's life is that they are connecting to the internet. It's a global platform, which means anyone that has an internet connection can contribute content to that platform. And, you know, a lot of content online is fantastic for our children to have access to. Uh, but there is also content that our children should not have access to um, and certainly content that they're coming across at, at very young ages. Yeah, okay. So is pornography today different to what it was in our youth? Absolutely, yeah. And this is a real challenge. I was even talking to parents just last night about um, pornography in the context of cyber safety education. And and many times when I talk to uh, parents and carers and even educators, when they think about pornography, they tend to think about the, the content that they may have been exposed to when they were uh, children, but mostly it was in adolescence. So it might have been magazines or DVDs or VHSs. Um, and that is just not the, the content that our kids have access to today. Uh, the content has changed significantly in the terms of the, the nature and what is shown in um, pornography that is very mainstream. Uh, but also what has changed is the sheer volume of content as well. So if we look at one of the most um, commonly spoken about pornography sites, it has 115 million unique visitors every day. 20,000 new videos are uploaded every single day. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, they said um, just in 2019, if you started watching the video, 
videos on their site in 1850, uh, you'd be watching pornography all day, every day of every year, and then you'd get to from 1850 to 2019, and you'd only just be coming towards the end of the content that's on the platform. So not only has the nature of con um, of mainstream pornography changed, it's very different to what we had in our youth, um, so too has, has the volume of content that is available. Wow. So just when you think you're home... Yeah. Children in your bed uh, are in their bedrooms. Yeah. You like, you know, we'd like to think, oh, we're safe. You know, everyone's home, but you just don't know what's coming through the computer. Yeah. You don't, and and this um, represents a, a challenge and an opportunity for parents. The challenge is that oftentimes when children are harmed or come across harmful content online, they're doing so from the safest place that they know, and that is your family home or in the the bedroom. But we have to remember that when we give our children access to and these devices that allow connection to the internet, we're giving them access to everything that's online. And we're also giving everyone who's online access to our children. And this is where education and supervision, um, participation and ongoing conversation around um, online risks is so important. And pornography is just one of the areas that we need to consider mm -hmm. when talking to our children. Um, but the reality is it's no longer one computer that you need to, to get access to when there's no one else around. Um, you know, in go days gone by, we didn't have these portable devices that are now ubiquitous. Um, you often hear the term pornography in the pocket, and that's referring to uh, these uh, like smartphones. Average age that children are getting smartphones uh, last year was 10 years of age. It's now nine years of age. So our children are getting these devices. They do a lot more than just making and receiving phone calls or, or, or messages. Uh, and the reality is um, if those devices go into unsupervised areas of the house, then our children can access um, everything that's online and anyone who's using it can access our children as well. So this represents challenges um, for parents. Yeah, 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 so the way we approach this has to be a little bit different to how we've approached it in the past. No, sure, sure. So with this exposure, um, is, is it associated with aggressive attitudes and behaviours? Yeah, it yeah, it certainly is. We're starting to see things that we haven't seen previously. Um, so it's important to, to note uh, mainstream pornography today is, is very different to the content that we had access to. Uh, it is often aggressive, um, humiliating, degrading. It shows high levels of, of violence. Um, and oftentimes that is violence that is... Um, a, the depiction of it is um, violence that is towards um, females by a male performer. Uh, so we know in some of the most watched videos, 88% of those videos show uh, violence or aggression. 95% of the time it is directed towards a female. 94% of the time the female will react with a pleasurable or neutral response to those physical acts of aggression or violence. Uh, and 48% of scenes also contain verbal, um, verbal violence or verbal abuse. Uh, so, yeah, it, the, the mainstreaming of uh, a particularly aggressive and violent content is having an effect in the real world. We know that what we consume does influence us in terms of our attitudes, our expectations, our behaviours and our beliefs. And pornography has been well researched. It does affect our sexual experiences, our sexual scripts, um, the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see others. So it is having a very real world effect. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has really been um, 
amplified this year in Australia with um, young uh, females speaking up about sexual harassment and sexual violence that they have experienced um, in their, their adolescence. We also know that we have seen um, significant rises in child-on-child -child sexual abuse, so that is children displaying harmful or problematic sexual behaviours. Uh, we've seen you know, quite significant increases in that space. Um, in some Australian states, child-on-child -child sexual abuse has doubled in the last five years. Um, on average, every three days in Australia, a child is being sexually abused at school by another student, another child, mm -hmm. and somewhere between 30 and 60% of all child sexual abuse is now committed by a child or a young person, not an adult. So we are seeing some very real-world changes. And I'm not for one moment suggesting that we can blame pornography for all of this, but it is certainly a significant contributing factor, particularly when uh, parents and carers, educators and trusted adults in children's lives are not talking to them about relationships and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Children are naturally curious. We don't want to shame them for being interested in what they've got and what other people have got and how that all goes together. Sure. That is a normal part of their development. Mm -hmm. But the nature of the content that they're coming across online um, requires conversation. The other thing that we've uh, found from some recent research released by Our Watch, so it was the research was conducted last year in 2020, um, released this year in 2021, and that was that by 13, 48% of boys um, have been exposed to pornography, and on average, our boys are watching pornography um, on a weekly or daily basis uh, for about three years before they even touch another human being. So pornography has that that um, influencing factor on you know attitudes, expectations, behaviours, and beliefs, and we're definitely seeing that translate into real world experiences as well. Wow! So this yeah. is becoming a, a reality, isn't it? Well, it, it is a reality. It is a reality. Yes, yeah. and it, yeah, it's normalising needs... and becoming normative in terms of aggressive and violent, more degrading and humiliating humiliating ways of engaging with another person sexually. Yeah. Uh, and so at the moment, really, the only person talking to our young people is the pornography industry. It's a $100 billion a year industry. Uh, it's a very powerful influencer for our children. Mm -hmm. And we just need trusted adults to step into those uncomfortable, um, sensitive and tricky topics um, and, and talk with our children mm -hmm. um, about the nature of the content they're seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that um, the overwhelming majority of pornography depicts choking, gagging, slapping, spitting, hair pulling. And so we need to, to talk with young people about respectful relationships and um, and human sexuality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so Kaylin, can you share any top tips for parents and caregivers of um, primary school age children around? Yeah. yeah, how to hold this space? Yeah, I was I was presenting last week, and I said um, it was a group of primary school parents, and I said, you know, primary school parents and, and primary school students in the same sentence as porn. It, it's really challenging for a lot of parents. Um, my number one bit of advice is don't start a conversation at pornography um, if you have the luxury of time. So when our children are younger, we can be teaching them uh, body safety and protective behaviours. We can talk to them about body boundaries, body autonomy, um, respect and consent, or we might use the word permission with younger children. We can talk to them about respectful relationships, um, but we'll be talking about friendships at that age. Uh, and then growth and development is really important as well. So our children's body 
bodies, particularly at that onset of puberty, they're changing both on the inside and the outside. So having those conversations with children um, is really essential. There's some fantastic resources to assist parents. We can teach our children how to be assertive um, and, and set up an expectation that people um, should respect their body boundaries. If they don't want someone to touch their body or if they don't want someone to come into their personal space, it's okay for them to tell someone no or ask them to move away or they can move away. Um, and the, the flip side of that is we can teach our children that they also need to respect other people's body boundaries as well. There's lots of ways that we can do this that are very child friendly. But my number one bit of advice is if you have the luxury um, of time, don't start at porn. Um, then by about year five or six, increasingly primary schools are talking with me um, about the content that their students are consuming, the conversations that are occurring at school uh, quite publicly uh, and also and some of it is, is really quite concerning. So towards the end of primary school, um, and you know, every child is different and, and parents will know the age and stage of, of their child, but we could start to talk about private photos and private videos. And this fits really well within the context of um, protective behaviours because there is a public and private topic area. Mm -hmm. Protective behaviours is mandatory curriculum in all West Australian schools, both public and private. So we can start by talking about public and private clothing and public and private space places and places and public and private behaviours, public and private information, public and private body parts. And then we could also add public and private photos and videos. So we could be describing pornography without using the word pornography. Um, and you can start that conversation um, way back in the, the lower years. Um, some parents might not be comfortable with that language. They could talk about, um, you know, photos or videos where people are naked or not wearing all of their clothes or private parts of bodies showing or private parts of bodies touching. But importantly, we need to give children um, some strategies for if they do see content that is um, is hurtful or is harmful or is upsetting for them. So um, first and foremost, parents could just um, a really open conversation starter with kids is, you know what, the internet is really awesome, and it is. There's loads of great content on there. But from time to time, you may see or hear or be sent or shown um, things that you've got questions about or you don't understand. If that happens, please come and speak with me. Or if you see or hear or you're sent or shown uh, words, photos or videos that make you feel scared, uncomfortable, nervous, gross, um, ashamed, unsafe, uh, all of those words, add them in. Please come and speak with me about it. And here's the important bit, though. Most kids, when they see pornography or other really shocking content, they don't talk with trusted adults, not because they don't want to, but because they're scared of having their device um, confiscated or being in trouble. So perhaps we could say to our children, do you know what, from time to time, you may come across content that you've got questions about or that makes you feel really uncomfortable. Um, please come and speak with me about that. You're not going to be in trouble. Your device is not going to be confiscated. I understand it can be a little bit awkward, um, but this does happen and I need you to be able to come and talk with me so I can help you make sense of it. Our, mm -hmm. our kids need to know they, they can speak to trusted adults and at the moment they're generally not. Mm -hmm. And what happens is for primary school age children, particularly when they're 
they might even type in sex or porn because it's something that they've heard. What they get back is often very confronting for them. Uh, and so that initial reaction is, is often fear or confusion. Um, they're scared because of the nature of what they see. And they don't have a trusted adult to talk with because they think that they're going to get in trouble or their device will be confiscated. And so they've not got a way of processing what, what that is. <clears throat> And then, so what can also then happen is children become naturally curious. So at first, something that might make them feel quite uncomfortable will maybe pique a little bit of curiosity. And that's where we then find that children may continue to watch pornography um, on a, a regular or semi-regular basis. So we really want to be able to intervene nice and early without shaming children. Um, avoid using words like um, rude or bad when describing private parts of the body or private photos and videos. Because if a child sees it, is sent it, is shown it or hears about it, then what happens is they infer that they're rude or bad and that shuts down lines of communication. Mm -hmm. So that's a way that parents could talk about pornography. Fantastic. There's some great child-friendly books that I have on my website that can just make it a little bit easier for parents. Mm -hmm. And then once we get into secondary school, it's going to be more explicit conversations. Mm -hmm. it's crucial conversations. These are such crucial conversations. So Kayleen, if people want to learn more about your work, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can visit the eSafe Kids website. Uh, there's lots and lots of content on there, resources for parents. I have a, um, a free online community where there's content to read, to download, to, to watch um, and to listen to. Lots of conversation starters and um, prompters uh, and giving children strategies for if they do see content that, um, that they're scared by, um, giving them some steps that they can take. So loads and loads of um, information on my website to support parents and carers and educators. I've got an online resource store so we can start having conversations about body safety and inclusivity, um, respectful relationships and diversity, uh, cyber safety, digital wellness, media literacy in those early years. Um, and you can find me on all the usual social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, Thank you so much for coming in today, Kayleen. Okay. And your work is amazing. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you.